Guru Maharaj, would you like to give a little update or should we jump into the questions? Well, update. Um, keeping busy here. The seasons are changing. We're going to have rain, big rain coming tomorrow, a little early for California, but uh, weather is a little erratic everywhere these days. Um, <clears throat> but it's uh, another beautiful day in eternity here. And um, I wrote a small book. I don't know if I mentioned before, it was entitled Sakya Pranay. I finished the first draft. I'm going to send it out for some copy editing, some parts of it. Um, it's a nice little book of verses that take one through the, um, through the Bhagavatam from the end, the end portion, the Seish end uh, portion of Krishna's Kumar or childhood Leela up until his Kishore Leela, the verses that go through the Bhagavatam, which is an emphasis <clears throat> in the Bhagavatam that is not given to the other um, sentiments of Vatsalya and um, Madhurya. So the, in other words, the Vatsalya uh, focus in the Bhagavatam is exclusively on the Kumar Leela and the um, Madhurya emphasis is on the Kishore Leela, a little bit of Paganda Leela because Kishore starts to shine through there. But it's one of the interesting characteristics of how the Bhagavatam has dealt with uh, the um, uh, fraternal love and showcasing it through the three. So I've just shown that. It's it's a nice little book. It's uh, You can memorize the verses. And uh, that will serve as a nice meditation. And what else? Um, I have, uh, it was uh, one of my disciples wrote to me about some propaganda on the internet against Bhakti Siddhanta, Sarasati Thakur, Prabhupada, um, from, from a devotee. I know the devotee, he came to visit me. Um, through a couple of my disciples, so it was nice to know. But apparently, he's he's gone off the rails, um, and uh, I, I would say he's tried to board a train that left town, the station, a couple of decades ago, and burned and crashed. <laughs> and he's trying to get on it. Uh, all these old and tired uh, arguments against Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthitapur and his mission, despite the fact that his own persons of his same ilk uh, derived their faith from Gaudi Vaishnavism from uh, this Bhakti Vinod Parivar of ours. Um, it's a largely a misconstruing of, of, of details with principles and and um, opinions based on innuendo and inaccurate um, um well, the new end of analysis of historical events and so on and so forth. So anyway, I bring it up as it was recently brought up to me and um, it's old and tired, but uh, I would love to have a conversation with this person or his his present gurus and teachers so that I could mop the floor up with them and 
and uh, throw them in the ganga. Um, but if anybody, I bring it up because if anybody has run into that and it's caused some some question, they're free to bring them up. Those questions here, I've got all the answers you could possibly want and more. And you are the answers for that matter. <laughs> I can't argue against your own bliss, right? That would be very foolish. <clears throat> so with that, well, let's take uh, the questions of the hour. All right. Well, let's start with uh, Prem Mantra's question. Is this Dandavat Pranam Sri Guru Maharaj? Sometimes I hear about the nuances of the three types of Vaishnavas, namely Kanishta, Madhyam, and Uttam. Then Kanishta, 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 Madhyam, Kanishta, Uttam, and so forth. Uh, but I could never figure out how it is. What is the Kanishta Uttam or Uttam Kanishta frame of mind? How does that work? Could you give an example? Uh, how about the illiterate Brahmana from South India, the one that Mahaprabhu meets with, who apparently didn't have deep knowledge of the scriptures, but had deep love for Krishna? Would he be an example of an Uttam Kanishta? Well, I think that there's uh, a couple of ways in which this topic is addressed, um, that being three categories of devotees, Kanishta, Madhyam, and Uttam. One way is found in the, in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, and your question um, pertains to what is said there. Another way in which these uh, terms are addressed is in the Bhagavatam itself, in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam where it talks about a level of realization, the, the realization of, of, a, of a, a novice, the realization of the intermediate devotee, the realization of the Uttam. Whereas in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, uh, what is being discussed uh, is the measure of eligibility for treading the path. And now these two are different and, and at the same time they they kind of blend in and merge with, with, with one another. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there in Rupa Goswami speaks about different degrees of faith uh, which would determine uh, or distinguish between the, the three but he, in doing that, he invokes the scripture because faith in the scripture is um, the kind of, and the argument that's descending, if you will, is what we mean by faith. Mm-hmm. There's faith, you know, driven by the by the different modes of nature, addressed in this in the in the Bhagavad Gita, maybe I think seventeenth chapter, different types of faith. Um, uh, in the Bhagavatam, the four types of faith are, are discussed in the Uddhava Gita. So faith in Tamaguna, Rajaguna, Satvaguna, and transcendental faith. And with regard to the latter, the fourth, Krishna says, you know, faith in me, you know, that, that, that's transcendental. Um, and so, in me also means the re- revelation, right? Uh, so he's the, the source of the scripture, as he himself says, in the Gita. Um, So Rupa Goswami says, faith 
that is weak and not very well informed by the scripture. This is this is the characteristic of of a neophyte, and that type of eligibility will uh, not be as great for applying oneself in the practice. Whereas faith that is firm. Hmm, um, uh, and in, in agreement with the scripture will be stronger. And faith that is superlative, that understands the scripture in a dynamic way, um, and can logic, can speak about the scripture and reason about it in different circumstances and, and, and come up with arguably new, new texts and so on and so forth. This is superlative faith. Um, so you're asking, you ask about the Brahmin in South India who didn't have any knowledge of the scripture. Hmm? So what's his position? Is he Kanishta? You know, but he doesn't have any knowledge of the scripture. So the argument that Rupa Goswami is giving there or the explanation he's giving there, it, it, it doesn't depend on knowing a number of verses or being affiliated necessarily with, uh, informed necessarily with, uh, all the different texts. It's said that in this regard, Gorkashodas Babaji, Marge was illiterate, but obviously he was a superlative uh, devotee. Um, so um, go back to the Bhagavatam for a moment about the three types. Well, you have one who has faith. The, the neophyte is characterized as his realization. Her realization is is um, that they have uh, insight into the idea that Krishna is God, but they don't have they can't put it together that the God Krishna is most fully represented in in the senior Vaishnavas. Mm-hmm. So you know, they worship the deity, but they may disregard the Vaishnavas. Not a good idea. Not so. They're and then the middle middle devotee has discrimination. Four types of discrimination. He accept uh, discriminates who is God. The deity worships the deity. Uh, embraces devotees of a like uh, disposition, peers. He uh, ministers to those who are less advanced and to those who are envious, he avoids them. So the middle one is characterized by realization that gives gives rise to the power to discriminate. The neophyte can't discriminate. And Uttamadikar can't discriminate either because he sees everything is coming from Krishna Everything is in Krishna, Krishna is in everything, and so on and so forth. So uh, that's a long explanation um, on the subject, and I'm still trying to be brief, but um, your question is, how can someone be a kind of a beginning Kanishta, what would it, or excuse me, a beginning Uttama, a Kanishta Uttama, a beginning Uttama, or a middle Uttama, hmm, compared to an Uttama Uttama? Hmm, um, and uh, how that would relate to the, the Brahmin in South India who didn't have any knowledge, uh, what was his position and so forth. Um, he didn't have any knowledge, but every time he picked up the Gita, he wept. Hmm? He wasn't weeping because he didn't have knowledge, but he was weeping at the, at the fact that Krishna was driving the chariot. Krishna's God is driving the chariot of Arjun. That's the essence of the whole Bhagavad Gita, right? From a Gaudiya perspective, that's there in the first chapter. People skip over it sometimes. The first chapter, but this is this the whole Gita is found there. Krishna's God; He's driving the chariot of Arjuna. Oh my God! 
<laughs> That's incredible. So, um, um, obviously he was advanced and he didn't know the scripture, but his, so, uh, again, um, it's, uh, he, he had faith in and realization of the scriptural arguments, if you will. Um, so anyway, what's a, what would, what is a Kanishta Uttam or a Madhyam Uttam? <clears throat> well, in, in different ways of talking about that. Um, I would, I would say that, um, um, if you would, that the, the, the stage of the Madhyam in general, is one where this discrimination tar- starts to take place. Mm-hmm. So th- you can see there's a lot of gray here. Mm-hmm. But um, the discrimination is is what is characterized by nishta. Mm-hmm. Study of the Bhagavatam which is the logic of the scriptures and given that it's, and that it's a commentary on the sutras, which are the, are the logic of how the whole scriptures all work together and so forth. Um, so it's using, it's using one's engaging fully one's intelligence um, and, and, and then applying oneself, you know, accordingly. So understanding the scriptural argument um, well this is a uh, um, idea of uh, of madhyama. So if we take it there, having attained nishta, one is before is a madhyama. Go to ruchi and asakti. You're getting higher levels of of madhyama hmm, than bhava bhakti. Hmm. So bhava bhakti is the ankur, the seed of bhava bhakti sprouts. You can say there's a there's a kanishta uttam. Hmm? He's an uttam. That's a type of siddha who's attained bhava, but he has not. The sprout has not turned into the full fruit of praying yet, hmm? and so there's a sadhana that goes on there. That's the, and as he progresses, he's in the middle stages of uttam, and then. Um, attains frame or turns rati, excuse me, which is another is synonymous with bhava, turns the sprout of that rati into the flower of rasa. Mm-hmm. And then he or she is an uttam, um, uttam, uttam, right? Um, Pujapatrita much talked about this in another way. And um, his statements are really uh, derived from and developed from and poeticized from, if you will, <clears throat> the um, teaching in the Bhakti Sandarbha, where Jiva Goswami says that there are three types of Mahabhagatas, great devotees. One um, example of the first type, the lowest type of great devotees, is Narada Muni. After he left home and Krishna showed himself to him and then disappeared, this is Narada as a um, 
I forget the, the Sanskrit terms. Um, and then the second type is um, Sukadeva Goswami, who was fully self-realized. He was self-realized, but had not attained brain. Um, um, so he was walking naked and so on and so forth. And, he, and then, then, then the, the, the third type, which is the highest, is the example is again Narada Muni after he receives his spiritual body and now he's traveling with his vena and so forth, right? Shudamarsh, um, without referencing Bhakti Sandarbha, but I am making the connection from there where he got this, he said that three types of, of, of uh, I think he, he applied it to gurus. One has both feet here, but his eyes are there. Again, you think of Narada in the beginning. The second one has one foot here and has extended another foot there. Sukadev. And the third one has two feet there and extends one foot here. Bhagavad Praptadeha is the term of Jiva Goswami. In this world, in a spiritual body, it's hard to find one of those, like Anarda, right? Um, so, um, so you could you could look at that reference for three types of Uttams, three types of Mahabhagavatas. It's another way of um, looking at it, and they're nice examples given by Rupa um, Goswami. If, you know, if we conflate it, it is possible the term Mahabhagavata, great devotee, with Uttam Adhikari, and we have three types. So I hope that's that's helpful. Thank you, Guru Maharaj. Uh, the next question is from Sadvi. Okay. Dhanavas Guru Maharaj. Uh, do you hear me? Yes. Hi, you. I see you. Looks like you're in a vehicle or something. Now you disappeared and I can't hear you. Okay, let's take another question and wait for Sadvi to come back on. Uh, let's see. Okay, Abhay Krishna has a, a new question. He says, my question is one of those, it doesn't have to all fit between the ears kind of question that I used to, that used to bug me for some reason. It's the whole thing about Haridas Thakur being an incarnation of Brahma in Mahaprabhu's Lila. I used to want to understand exactly how this worked if Brahma stepped down from his position or if it was a partial manifestation of Brahma or, or or a different explanation. I know there is perhaps not a definitive answer to this, and I felt at peace to just know that this was seen by those with love of God, and I don't need to know every detail. I still feel this way, but recently the topic popped back into my head, and I have a new idea, that being the demigods are in Braj. Uh, they are different from the earthly demigods, and I assume they would be a Nityasiddha type manifestation in the unmanifest Lila. Could this have been the manifestation of Brahma that was in Mahabrabhu's Lila? Thank you for any thoughts on this. Well, first of all, there are devas uh, and devis, gods and goddesses, in the Lila. Hmm? In the Aprakat Lila, the unmanifest Lila, Goloka, they're gods and goddesses and they're devotees. 
Um, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami talks about different types of dasya rasa. And one of them is adhikritya dasya. So it applies to the position of a Brahma or a Shiva or an Indra, these principal gods of Varuna, you know, uh, and Vayu and so forth. Those positions are um, a type, if you will, of, of, they represent a type of Dasyarasa. So we find Brahma, whoever that Jiva is, right? In, in, in Krishna Leela, that Brahma, that particular Brahma, moving from this Adhikritya Dasya during the Brahma Vimohan Leela into, into Sakyabhava. Hmm? That's what we find. Now, your question is, well, he's, you know, he's appeared in Gaur Leela. So I guess you're wondering, how does that work? What happened to Brahma? You know, who's the, where, you know, Brahma's supposed to be, I guess that's what you're thinking. He's in charge of the world. How did he enter into Gaur Leela? What happened to Brahma? And so forth. Um, um, and uh, there's different ways, you know, you can think about that to, to, to kind of uh, uh, push back, if you will, on your your intelligence and your reasonings uh, appetite to uh, you know consume everything and then rule the day and so on and so forth uh, and uh, uh, be the judge and, and jury on everything right which is what you're talking about but we have example um, one way I'll answer it of in the in the Brihad Bhagavatamrita of of Gopu Kumar becoming a Brahma. Because Brahma's post was vacated by a set of circumstances. So there's a need to repost somebody. Obviously, Brahma didn't die. The post, the post, in other words, had not expired. But uh, for some reason, the Jiva, who was posted as Brahma, uh, acted in such a way that the post had become uh, vacated and it was filled by Gopakumar. Mm-hmm. By Krishna's, by, by Narayan's arrangement for some time, right? So experience the, the Brahma, which is another example of how one can be, one can attain the position of a Brahma through karma, through jnana, and even through bhakti, it's possible. Hmm. Sometimes Krishna himself is said to take the, the role of, of Brahma when nobody else is qualified in the world. Um, so we can look at the at the situation with the uh, Brahmaharidas as having uh, uh, moved from this Adikritya Dasya to Sakya, hmm, developing um, through the Brahma Vimohanlila arranged by Krishna for his his benefit. Um, that in in the context of that, there's an appearance of some offense. Krishna and friends, the attempt to separate Krishna from his friends and so forth. So this is thought to be something that needed to be worked out, right? In order for him to fully attain the position of one of those coward boys, which was his ideal, right? So that's a cause for him to vacate, for him to vacate the position 
for arrangement to be made for him to vacate the position of Brahma, take birth in Gorlila, and fully develop his bhakti there. In the, in the uh, Nabhadvipta Mahatmya, I believe it is, I believe it's in the Mahatmya, or it might be in um, Nabhadvip Baba Tarangi, shorter book by Bhakti Vinoda, also about the glories of Nabhadvip, the Babas of Nabhadvip. In one of the two books there, it's mentioned that he aspired there to attain a form. He lamented that he had not attained a form, the form of, uh, of a Google, so he's working on it. So, uh, obviously, he's in a Brahma's post, but Bhakti has come prominently into his life, and um, so some arrangements made. So someone else would have then fulfilled the role of, of Brahma in the meantime. So maybe that's a way that you can satisfy that uh, voracious uh, doubting uh, uh, vehicle. Hmm? Not a bad thing. Yeah. The mind, the, or excuse me, the intelligence. We should doubt, uh, question, if you will. But it can rule the day, ultimately, right? Hmm? Some things, as you said in your question, don't fit between the ears. Hope that helps. All right. So Sadvi had some problems with her uh, phone battery, but she's back online and she has her question ready to go. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, my question was that um, while we are chanting, um, on what motivation we can... Uh, Concentrate. I was thinking like of three scenarios, more or less, like uh, uh, we would like to end our suffering here in the material world, or we would like to be happy with in Vrindavan, in the spiritual world with Krishna, or we would like to serve and for the sake of uh, Radha Krishna, we would like to, to serve them with this motivation. So, can we like actually choose motivation or direct our mind on a certain motivation while while chanting? Although we are not on that position, I'm thinking. Yeah, in the general, there are some recommendations, but one recommendation with regard to what you said is to chant with the idea, let me chant this. Mo-. I'll tell you a story that um, I used to stand, I've told this before, so forgive me for repeating myself for those who've heard it more than once, but I like to tell it, I like to remember it. So I was uh, used to stand next to Prabhupada's Vyasasan on the right-hand side every morning when he would give class in Los Angeles. In the early years when I joined, he was in Los Angeles for about three months in the spring and three months in the, in the beginning of the winter. Um, so I had a lot of, spent a lot of time there with him. And uh, anyway, I had my place. And I would stand so that I wouldn't fall asleep. I wouldn't sleep much in those days. And if you sat down, you could you could you could easily doze off. So I would stand and I wanted to hear every word Prabhupada said. And he would begin the program would begin once he sat on his Vyasasan with Kirtan. Um and then he would give the class. So he was chanting Jai Radha Madhav as he would. And so I thought I don't really know the you know the, the full meaning of these words, what they mean to Prabhupada. So they don't mean that to me, but I know that they mean that. What they mean to him is just incredible what it does to him. So 
let me chant just to please him, just for his pleasure. I know these names give him pleasure. Let me chant these names just for his pleasure. And his ear is right there, and I'm standing right there, and I'm thinking like that, chanting. So I'm I'm chanting, and Prabhupada turns over and looks at me, and his eyes become very big, and I can understand who he's understanding how I'm, how I'm thinking, you know. And so then, um, then he gave the class, and the class ended. And when the class ended, then there would be a short kirtan. Hmm? And so, uh, you know, different devotees would want to lead the kirtan. In this case, there were two or three sannyasis present. And um, they were a little bit, you know, one was taking the microphone, other ones grabbing the drum. And they were, there was a little bit, just kind of a minor, you know, who's going to lead here, you know. And Prabhupada stopped them and said, no, let this boy sing. Hmm. Pointed to me, and all eyes were on me. <laughs> I don't know if I'd even let a kirtan ever you know, at that time. So I led the kirtan. Hmm. Next morning, same thing happened. Prabhupada let this boy sing. So I can understand that that was very pleasing to Prabhupada, right? To to chant the names and think for your pleasure. Hmm. So this is one way. Or um, I've heard other teachers say we should chant with an idea. Let me please. Krishna, Radha and Krishna, hmm. Krishna and Balaram, you know, it's going to be the case, both, both by this chanting. Hmm. Um, they take pleasure in hearing their names, something like that. Hmm. So that's a little bit like the last of the three you know, uh, suggestions that you made. Now, in Bhakti Sandarbha, Jiva Goswami gives a dhyan, a meditation, hmm, to accompany the chanting of the Mahamantra. Kirtan, and he says it's a visualization of Radha and Krishna, Gopas, Gopis. He gives the whole 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 group, right? Mm-hmm. Which would include all of the principal uh, uh, rasas of of Braj, and um, that's just an aside. If if you you know, want to play it out. What, what, what he, what's being said there? Um, underneath a banyan tree, the big banyan tree, which is real central to, uh, it's kind of a kind of yoga pita of uh, of Sakiras. But at any rate, with, with everyone there, underneath the banyan tree, I chant this mantra, hmm? um, thinking about with my mind on on Braj, with the desire to enter into the the community and, and, and become a member there. So he's given a meditation like that. Um, and that could be specified as a Saka, as a Saki, you know, uh, and so on. So these are higher. Both of the things I mentioned to you here, Jiva Goswami and the example I gave, higher kind of aspiration than let me become free from suffering. Let me control my mind. Let me control my senses and so forth. Where Sadhaka may be more at, that may be more real how they feel. So then the question comes, should I think of the higher thing, even though I'm feeling like this, the lower thing, and I could put more feeling into the chanting perhaps if my orientation and meditation was more relative to my Adhikar. Hmm? I'm suffering. I want to be free from suffering. Hmm? I want to be delivered 
from material existence. You know, now Mahaprabhu says, you know, Jagadish Mama Janmani Janmanishvare. This is not a concern for him, but this is higher. This is in Ruchi, he's saying this, right? So our adhikar may be lower. So then the question is, should I think beyond my adhikar and try to meditate there? Or so you can you can try that, but you could also think I would like to be free from suffering. Suffering is caused by material attachment, and it appears in the mind. So I would like to control my mind. I would like to control my senses, through which. Because they're not controlled, I'm entering into the world and attached to things that don't endure and I'm suffering. Right? That's the, so it's good to get the, 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 the kind of mechanics of it all down. I'm suffering. This is why I'm suffering. And this is the means to overcome it, which is part of bhakti. So if you want to meditate like that, you can, but then you should think like this. Let me control my mind. Let me control myself. Let me come free from the sufferings that are born of attachments hmm? so that I can more fully give myself hmm? Hmm? for the pleasure of Radha Krishna and enter into their family, hmm? their com- the, the community. So you should connect the lower with the higher. Well, the focus may be on the lower, connect it to the higher at the same time. Does that help? Yeah. Yes, okay. thank you. Okay, chant and be happy. <laughs> okay, or chant and be unhappy that your chanting is not yet making you happy because you're too attached to other things. Okay, what else? Another question? Yes, Krishna does is a question. Okay. Dandavats, uh, good morning, Guru Maharaj. Good morning. Um, so, um, I've heard from uh, some devotees referencing a portion of Raghavatmachandrika that there is a, a majestic kind of region or expansion of Goloka Vrindavan that I guess if one is really attached to Vaidimarg Bhajan of Braj Krishna, then they attain this realm and they serve him in an Aishwarya mood. I tried looking in Raghavatmachandrika and I couldn't find a specific reference to this but maybe i missed something but i guess i'm a bit confused how it's possible that one who has the ideal of serving in Braj could remain attached to Marg and ultimately attain a aishwarya kind of position i was under the impression that a sadhaka who has the ideal to serve krishna and vrindavan naturally develops loba to serve like one of the Braj bhasis and as they approach ruchi then they embrace ragmarg in full so so wondering if you could speak about this and clarify this. Right. Well, what Vishnu uh, Chavritakar is talking about there is a mixture of Vaidhi and, and Rag uh, that uh, is focused on Radha and Krishna. Typically, if you have a, a mixture of Vaidhi and Rag uh, worshipping in pursuit of Madhuri Rasa, for example, one who can attain a position of being a queen in Dwarka. I believe he explains that there. But if you're what if you're too attached to you know Radha and Krishna, then you can attain a realm outside of the center of Vrindavan, which is Gokul in Goloka, where there is a Swakya. There's some 
more Aishvarya there in one sense, but um, but the main difference is not Aishvarya as it is Swakya as opposed to Parakya. Pajiva hmm. Goswami emphasized Swakya, some say for a certain sector of followers and so forth. And so such a realm exists, but it's not our 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 interest. So it's there in Raghavad Machandrika. That look up Swakya. I think you'll, you'll you'll find it there. And I think Ibalet describes it in that way, F- fixed on Radha and Krishna, but mixing Vaidhi with with Raga. Now we may be. It's an aside from that. We 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 may be. Our ideal may be Raga Bhakti, but we may be only have full Adhikar for Vaidhi Bhakti, and our motivation. For practice, maybe maybe derived from the largely from the the motivation that that that, that drives Vaidhi Bhakti, the do's and don'ts of Scripture and so on and so forth, instead of love. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, we may be charmed by the love, and we, we come in that line. So this is our our ideal and our focus. In that stage, there may be a mixture of Vaidhi and Rag, but that's not the same thing. That's where we're crossing over. From a vaidhi to a purely ragmarg, and that—that's the ideal. But um, um, you know, it's—I don't uh, know of any examples. There may be examples from other sampradayas of of this idea, Swakya, Radha, and Krishna. um, Examples of someone attaining that. But he does make that. Statement. I don't. I don't think it's found anywhere else. But um, it's similar to uh, what a Bhai Krishna asked a couple of weeks back about: Is there any? Is there any uh, Jagannath uh, Puri leelas in Goloka? Because you have these three centers, right? You have Vrindavan, Mathura, and Dwarka in Goloka. What about Jagannath Puri? So some say on the outer fringe, outer petals, there, there are some Jagannath Puri Gaur Leelas. Right? So, but I don't find any scripture for that. This is coming from Vishwanath. He doesn't give any scripture support. He, I think he gives some logical support for the possibility. But it's not much of a concern for us. So our, our takeaway from it is more like, okay, well, we don't want that. So we, we, we wouldn't want to pursue pure, pure rock mark, you know. All right, what else? Another question? Um, there's a couple of follow-ups in the in the comment section. Ananta Govinda is wondering, like, how is it possible? Because one of the basic tenets of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is that Jiva Tattva can't expand himself, or like a Jiva can't expand himself. So how is it that Brahma can expand himself to the earth while being the Brahma as Hari does? If I understood I said, it. I didn't say that he expanded himself. I said that he vacated his post. So somebody took over for that time. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I'll give you an example of Brahma Bhagavatamrita. Brahma's post was vacated for some time and Gopa Kumar took the post. So we have an example. So we say you know, he had to take birth. So he had to vacate his post to take birth, right? Otherwise he'd have been in Brahma's position for a long, long time, right? Hmm. So vacated the post, took birth in Gauralila. Someone else took the post and Haridas attained the ideal. 
in in the form of Arya. Through through Gorlila, he attained the overcame the offense. There was an interesting thing that Mohini said also that she was just reading from the Bhagavatam that one of the reasons that um what was it that uh Krishna wanted to eliminate eliminate the Yadus was that he wanted to reestablish the Devadas, Devatas among among the Yadus back into their positions in Svarga. So anyway, it was a nice interesting little thing that that the demigods came down for Krishna's appearance. Their posts. Right. Someone else had to fulfill them because the sun was still moving and the wind was still blowing. <laughs> Here's her point, right? Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Okay, well, let's see who's next. Uh, there is a question from Gunjan Sharma. She says, Dandavat Pranam Maharaj, thank you so much for your kind mercy. You can say, these coward boys, ignorant of scripture, just young boys, they dethroned Brahma. The powerful Brahma, <laughs> the manager of the whole universe, was kicked off his throne by their bhav. Hmm? Anyway, then he became attracted. Go ahead. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, of course, no worries. Uh, Gunjan Sharma says, what is the significance and meaning of gopis being compared to elephants or becoming an elephant to serve Krishna, as seen in a famous painting from Braj? I don't know. I've never seen that painting, um, for one. And, um, you know, there are many artists, there are many poets, there are many, uh, authors who have written about, uh, uh, and musicians sung about, painted, and so forth about Krishna. Um, but, um, in my own, uh, practice, based on experience, it, what is really of interest to us is to hear from, um, hear songs about Krishna that are sung by those who are under the auspices of a um, exalted member of our of our Paribar or of our, uh, our Sampradaya paintings, so forth, uh, books, poetry, and so on. Anyways, there's all kinds of things out there. Someone posted a picture. We have a forum, those of you who may not know this, um, of course, we have a Shichetanya Sangha group forum on Facebook, but there's also one called Preo Bhakti, Preo Bhakti. And uh, um, I, I comment on there as often, often as I, I can. Um but um, someone posted a picture there of Krishna and Balaram. It, was, it looked like an Orisan type of art from, from, from Orisa, Orion. And uh, Rama had, Sankarsha and Balaram had four arms, and Krishna, Vasudev had four arms, so no problem. But in one of the hands of Krishna was, was the flute. So, I mean, typically, Sankarsha and Vasudev were the expansions of Krishna and Balaram for Leela's in Mathura and Dwarka. Krishna's, that Krishna's not holding a flute. So what's the significance? The significance is probably that the author didn't know that, you know, that the painter didn't know that. But he, so it's, uh, it's important who does the painting, who sings the song, who wrote the book. And so life is short. 
and uh, you want to focus your energy on where you're actually going to get um, tangible spiritual um, results. And certain things, for that matter, uh, we might be interested to ponder about. They may not be of our actual uh, spiritual interest. I mean, last week uh, you asked me about uh, why there were, you know, directions. One gopi has is in this northeast corner, another's in the southwest corner, and so on. I answered, well, there are directions, you know, in the spiritual world just like there are, it's a sacred geography and there are elements there, earth, water, fire, earth, but it's not like here, so on and so forth. That's one answer. But in, in the, in the reply may have come, it didn't, but I, someone could have said, but, but I mean, what is the significance of this gopi's in this quadrant, that gopi's in that quadrant, this gopi's in this direction, why this gopi's, you know, attached with this, what is the significance? And the answer to such questions is go there and find out. Mm-hmm. You should go there. There are th- there are many, 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 many things hmm, there. We could possibly put them all, write them all down, talk about them. Uh, and um, and if I haven't heard them talked about, or they haven't come to me and I'm talked about them, then I say, go there and find out. And Prabhupada was very fond of that type of response. Why don't you go there and find out? Hmm. There are many things to find out and know. And, and and the way to find them all out and fully satisfy your curiosity is to go there. And you've been given the equipment, the necessary vehicle, the, the tools to go there. So focus on those tools for going there. Find a guru, take shelter, follow the practices, put on blinders, right? So that, that like you want to put on a horse, so that the horse will go straight on the race straight to the finish and not even notice the other horse on the other side, right? To go straight. This is um, how to know everything. All your questions, more questions than you could possibly even come up with will be answered by that. So the curious mind is good to a point, but there's a famous English saying, curiosity killed the cat. So you have to be careful about that. Elephants. Krishna is sometimes described as an elephant in in heat. So maybe the artist was trying to pick the gopis of she elephants in, in, in correspondence with that type of idea. Jai. What else? That was wonderful. Um, so the next question is from Krishna Sevak. Okay. Please accept my obeisances, Guru Maharaj. Hi. I've been reading um, Sri Sri Prayabhakti Rasanarva. Rasarnava. How to say? Rasarnava. Rasarnava. Yeah. By Sri Nayanananda Thakur. Yes. Um, relishing the pastimes of the Sakas. And I came across a verse that really threw me. Uh, and I, I kind of just let it go and kept reading, but I was like, I got to find out what, what, what this is about. Cause he, he doesn't say anything about it. Um, he, regarding the Priyanorma Saka, he says the group of cowherd boys known as Priyanorma Saka's most intimate friends are a little younger than Krishna are in knowledge of his secrets and render service unto him in the mood of girlfriends, Saki Bhav. 
this category includes Subal, Arjuna, etc. And I was like, Saki Bob, what, what's he talking about here? And they never talks about it anywhere else. And then just keeps going on. And I'm like, is that a mistake? Am I reading the wrong book? What's he? T- of course, I want to, I want to get a copy of your, your book too, but, um, I've been in the middle of this and it just threw me and, and I just let it go, but I'm, yeah, I'm a little un- 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 thrown. <laughs> well, I'll say this is explained in, 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 in overwhelming detail in my book. It's one of the focuses of my book, but, um, Nayan and the Thakur, um, is, um, writing about uh, he, the, the bhava that's driving his book is 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 priyasaka bhava. Priyasaka, priyasakas are those who are uh, like Sudama and Sridham. They're the prime examples. They are fixed in pure sakiras. There are four types of sakirasa. Mm-hmm. And, and I should emphasize here that this has all been given by Rupa Goswami. There is, in the whole history of Indian aesthetics, mm-hmm. Um, um, even up uh, to and just preceding Rupa Goswami where there starts to be some uh, aestheticians speaking about bhakti as a rasa prior to that bhakti was never considered rasa amongst the uh, in aesthetic theory so uh uh, all the way up, including those who, who just just precede Rupa Goswami, where, where Bhakti starts to be talked about as a rasa, nobody has given uh, Sakya the position of a rasa, but Rupa Goswami. <laughs> That's an interesting point. And of course, he has a whole different theory. Right? His Bhakti rasa is wholly transcendental, and and so on and so forth. But, you know, these are all religious people, but they're Primarily, the aesthetic tradition prior to Rupa Goswami and those just before him uh, is uh, all about rasa within poetry, so it's uh, material uh, emotions. And he's speaking about transcendental, transpsychological emotions. So anyway, just uh, he gets four types of sakirasa for that matter. So he's really opened the, the, the lotus of this uh, this ideal quite quite uh, quite widely. And of the four. You have sakas, you have priyas, you have, you have suhrit sakas, you have priya sakas and priyanarma sakas, right? So the suhrit saka or the saka is a saka whose sakyabhav is bundled together with dasya, but, the, but he's a saka because that's the, the saka is dominant there. Then you have the suhrit sakas whose sakiras is bundled together with patsalya, but the saka is prominent, so they're considered in sakiras. And then you have just Holy Sakyarasa. This is the this is the Priyasaka, right? Yep. With no other influence. So this is the, this is the Baba that's driving the book of Nine and the Takwar. So still he has to mention the Priyanarma Sakas, but he doesn't go into that. That's why he doesn't go into that. Now the the translation there um, that they they act as as they're, they're, as Krishna's girlfriends. Uh, obviously, that it would be a, a, a bit of a what the heck is that? And, that, and so I got the question where it's explained. But um, he is referencing uh, the commentary of Jiva Goswami and Ujbal Nilmani, where the Priyanarma Sakas are described. Um, and um, 
the idea there is not quite what it sounds like in the translation of Nainanathakur's uh, uh, book, Prayo um, Bhakti Rasarnava. The idea is that these type of coward boys, they may be a little, little younger than Krishna, but they're mature also for their age, like Krishna is mature for his age. So when Krishna's romantic sentiments and the Prakatlila start to manifest, they're attuned to them, hmm? this aspect of their friend, so they want to assist their friend. Now, uh, uh, to to become familiar with his romantic feelings and the nuances and that whole aspect of his life, hmm? they... Um, the, the Priyanarma Saka is typically uh, one who, uh, who who's pursuing this ideal, follows like Subal or Subahu, uh, you know, let's say Subal, the principal Priyanarma Saka, as a group leader, hmm? his guru and a group leader, but also has a female group leader, a gopa group leader and a gopi group leader. So the gopi group leader is helpful to that Priyanarma Saka Sadaka for becoming familiar with a side of the romantic life of Krishna. So he interacts with the gopis. He might bring messages. He might try to pacify Radharani when she's upset, has knows what to say, and so forth. And the idea, what what, what Rupa Goswami says is, Sometimes that this is referred to as Sakibhav, hmm? Sakibhav, rather than Sakibhav, Sakibhav. It means, but what it means is during these romantic affairs, these Sakas, these coward boys, their male egos, if you will, don't rise. So if they were, if they were to, if, if they were to be present, then arguably they could be attracted to the different gopis. Hmm? You understand? Yeah, yeah. Recedes to the background, hmm? and they have no no attraction to the other gopis, and they're only they're only helping the one. They they're only merging with the one male ego of Krishna, if you will. Hmm? And then sometimes they would take the side of the gopis. Sometimes they take the side of Krishna, to depend upon what the circumstance, circumstance and so forth. And they participate um very much like uh like Radha's Manjuris participate in, in assisting bringing the, the divine couple you know together mm-hmm. that's a brief answer does that help yeah it seems complicated <laughs> it's, very complicated. it's very complicated yeah it's very complicated but it's very um it, it, this is a very unique contribution of Rupa Goswami um the Priyanarma Saka in in aesthetic uh, theory Goswami there is no such uh, hero assistant to the romantic hero there are different types of assistants in, in, in classical drama for the hero male assistants will assist him to one extent or another in his romantic life but there's no Priyanarmasaka that's the contribution of Rupa Goswami and that's how he describes these type of boys. Um, and um, it's just, it's complicated, but it's worth understanding because the excellence of Sakirasa 
um, and the way in which one of the ways, a very prominent way in which it exceeds, if you will, the excellence of Vatsalya Rasa is that because of its compatibility with Madhurya Rasa, it can be influenced by Madhurya Rasa, be touched by Madhurya Rasa like yogurt can be touched with yogurt. And what is the result? Yogurt becomes sweeter. So their Sakya Rasa touched by Madhurya becomes richer. And within the context of Sakya Rasa, they taste Mahabhav, which is typically otherwise only the exclusive experience of the gopis. It's not for Dasya Bhaktas or Vatsalya Bhaktas or ordinary Sakas. So it's uh, it, it's worth understanding. And I, as I say in my book, which isn't out yet, but will be shortly, um, it's really explaining in great detail. You'll have to pay a lot of close attention to, to follow all the arguments and whatnot or the logic of it, but it's 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 worth it worth your time. So thank you very much, Jeremiah. I look forward to reading your book. Okay. How do you okay. So I guess we're just about out of time or is there another short question? There's one more question. Let's see how long it is because I don't know. But uh, Krishna Chaitanya, can you ask your question? Well Shamsundar just said Let's not push over time. He's exhausted. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess we could leave it. We, for we, don't need to, we don't need to push anything. Should I? Or should I not? I guess it's up to Guru Maharaj. Uh, Shamsundar is asking not to go over time. but Let's, let's, let's defer to, to our translator there because he's bringing this message to many devotees in Latin America. And, we, and, and invite you to come back next week and answer this question we'll stop there we only have like half a minute and a lot of time thank you all for your questions time and uh see you next week thank you